0: I mean, that's that's what happens with guns I
1: won't get in a big debate right now I think we're still doing an investigation, but I mean what you saw happen was why people talk about guns a lot We had over 800 officers there staffed situated all around Union Station today We had security in in any number of places eyes on top of buildings and beyond And there still is a risk to people and I think that's something that all of us who are our parents, who are just regular people living each day, have to decide what we wish to do about them. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Yes, we do. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. to the right. Here I am, stuck in middle with you. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast. As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI and Round Mountain's KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's kepw lanchester pennsylvania's w news maui hawaii's kaku in columbus ohio on wgrn palinville new york's wlpp rochester new york's wrfz down in new orleans on whiv out in gallup new mexico on kniz concord new hampshire's wnhn fayetteville arkansas's kpsq in fairmont west virginia on wefr Seattle's KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis-St. Paul's AM 950-KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast coast and around the globe every day on the Internet. and the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, No Lies Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com, where we are still celebrating 20 years of muckraking and troublemaking, and uh, pathetically, sadly, still reporting on gun violence. Anyway, welcome to the Bradcast, your daily touchstone with reality.
0: (laughs) That's one way of putting it, yes.
1: And welcome to it. Welcome to Desi Doyen. How are you, Des? Hi. As you may have heard, there was a mass shooting on Wednesday. Yet another one in these United States. The one in Kansas City? Well, yeah. But because it's another day in these United States, that was hardly the only one. Four high school students were shot on Wednesday afternoon at Benjamin E. Mays High School In Atlanta, according to officials, Atlanta Public Schools Police Chief Ronald Applin told reporters that a fight broke out in the parking lot around 4 p.m. Shortly after school was dismissed, there were shots fired, the chief said, at a news conference on Wednesday night. Uh, He said our officers were there. They immediately responded and treated the students who were wounded. No other students, faculty, or staff were injured, according to authorities. The victims, three 17-year-olds and an 18-year-old, were all rushed to a hospital with injuries that were not considered, thankfully, to be life-threatening. All after-school activities were canceled. Investigators stayed at the school then late into the evening as they interviewed more than around 100 students. Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens said, quote, I'm shocked and heartbroken. He joined law enforcement at the uh, at the news conference. Mayor Dickens himself had attended the school. The shooting drew the attention of President Joe Biden as well. He mentioned it in a statement late on Wednesday, along with the incidents incidents at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade and the three police officers who were shot in the line of duty in Washington, D.C. So, yeah, just another day in America. Quote, the epidemic of gun violence is ripping apart families and communities every day, Joe Biden said in his statement. Some make the news. Much of it doesn't. But all of it is unacceptable. We have to decide who we are as a country. For me, he said, we're a country where people should have the right to go to school, to go to church, to walk the street, and to attend a Super Bowl celebration without fear of losing your life to gun violence. He also noted that Wednesday... Uh was both the six-year anniversary of the 2018 Parkland school shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in South Florida, where a 19-year-old opened fire on students and staff members killed 17 of them, injured 17 others, and Wednesday's mass shootings, plural, this week, also came uh, just one day after the one-year anniversary of the mass shooting at Michigan State University last year in which three students were killed and five others injured by a 43-year-old man who took his own life when confronted by police hours later. But really, at this point, it's sort of getting difficult to have a mass shooting on any day of the year that isn't also the anniversary of at least one other tragic mass shooting in this country. We've, uh, quote, we've now had more mass shootings in 2024 than there have been days in the year, the president observed. As to the shooting that marred the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration on Wednesday in my old home state of Missouri now featuring uh, at, at least over the 40 years or so since I left, and, and it, it subsequently w- went from one of the swingiest purple states in the country to one of the most MAGA red states, apparently, since I'm gone. Yes, I blame myself. Uh, Missouri now has among the loosest gun safety laws in the nation, if we can even call them that. Uh Authorities in Kansas City, Missouri, said on Thursday that a shooting that tore through the city's Super Bowl celebration, killing one person and wounding nearly two dozen others, appeared to have stemmed from an argument between several people. As we go to air today, we still do not know much more than that about whatever the motive was and whoever it was who was involved in it, but it sent several hundred Thousand people scurrying, running for cover when shots broke out near the end of the Chiefs' celebration in KC. At least 22 people were wounded, in addition to the woman who died, and they ranged in age from uh, 8 to 47 years old, according to Kansas City Police Chief Stacy Graves. At least half of the wounded were younger than 16 years old. The authorities have said that three people were detained in connection to the shooting on Wednesday afternoon two of them the police said were younger than 18 but no charges have uh, have been filed as of now police are meanwhile calling for witnesses people with cell phone footage and victims of the violence to call a uh, a dedicated hotline to help them figure out what happened here that could be up to a million witnesses frankly cuz that's how many people had had come out to celebrate this Fantastic victory by the Chiefs on Sunday. They say uh, police officials say they recovered several firearms after the incident, several, but that it is still very much an active investigation at this point. The person who was killed was 43 year old Lisa Lopez Galvin, a popular local radio DJ who hosted the Taste of Tejano show on KKFI-FM in Kansas City under the name Lisa G. The shooting outside of Union Station occurred despite the presence of more than 800 police officers who were in the building and the area, including on top of nearby structures. That, according to Mayor Quentin Lucas, as you heard at the top of the show, He himself attended the uh, more than million people strong rally with his wife and mother. And like so many others, apparently he ran for safety when the shots rang out. So apparently at least 800 so-called good guys with guns were not able to prevent tragedy in Kansas City either. Hmm. KC Police Chief Stacey Graves praised the response of her department's officers and firefighters and also noted that civilians themselves had sprung into action. Videos had captured one parade attendee who apparently did not have a gun, or at least didn't use it, tackling a person as others ran from the gunshots. Kansas City, Missouri, uh, which is just across the border from Kansas City, Kansas, Uh, They split the border there. Both states now uh, considered to be so-called red states. But Kansas City, Missouri, saw a record number of homicides in 2023. There were 183 murders there last year. That is more than the previous record of 179 murders in 2020. As President Biden noted in his statement on Wednesday, the Super Bowl, quote, The Super Bowl is the most unifying event in America. Nothing brings more of us together. And the celebration of a Super Bowl win is a moment that brings a joy that can't be matched to the winning team and their supporters. For this joy to be turned to tragedy in Kansas City cuts deep in the American soul. Today's events... He said, should move us, shock us, shame us into acting. What are we waiting for, he asked. What else do we need to see? How many more families need to be torn apart? It is time to act, the president said. That's where I stand, and I ask the countries to stand with me, he said, to make your voice heard in Congress so we finally act to ban assault weapons, to limit high-capacity magazines, to strengthen background checks, to keep guns out of the hands of those who have no business owning them or handling them. President said, we know that we know what we have to do. We just need the courage to do it. That was President Biden following the, well, the three mass shootings uh, that we know of on Wednesday in these United States. And it must be noted yet again today uh, that, that we used to have an assault weapons ban in this country. And it worked very well, and it was not found to be unconstitutional. In fact, it worked so well that after Bill Clinton signed the ban on assault weapons that we once had in this country in 1994, well, what do you know? Mass shootings dropped by 43%. Nonetheless... Ten years later, after that bill had sunsetted because it was not a permanent bill because Republicans had objected to it even back then, but ten years later, uh, George W. Bush, then the president, George W. Bush and the GOP allowed that ban on assault weapons to expire. That was in 2004. And after they did so, what do you know? Mass shootings increased <laughs> By 245 percent, Desi Doyen. So it
0: dropped 43 (laughs) percent during the ban, but after the ban was allowed to lapse by Republicans, went up to 245
1: percent. Sure, went up by 245 percent, yeah. And the uh, GOP and their terrorist funding friends at the NRA have uh, not allowed any such law, any of those things that were mentioned by the president The ban on assault weapons, the limiting high-capacity magazines, strengthening background checks, they have not allowed any of that to happen, to be adopted in the 20 years since that assault weapons ban expired, that successful assault weapons ban. That's a lot of mass shootings in the meantime. Uh, you know, and uh, frankly, at this point, I don't know that I have much more to say, that I haven't at least said dozens and dozens, if not hundreds and hundreds of times uh, in the past over these airwaves and at the blog and everywhere else. There is one solution to it. And, but it is, you know, uh, maybe disappointingly, the same solution that we offer day after day after day on this program for almost really all of the issues we discuss, and that is vote. 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 And vote again in the next election. Not in the same election, but vote in the next election and the next election and the next one. And each time you do it, find, I don't know, five other people that you can help in one way or another to get to the polls so that they can vote and then vote and then vote again. And by the way, while you're voting, keep in mind that one of the very first pieces of legislation while you're voting this year, keep in mind, One of the very first pieces of legislation, if not the first, that Donald Trump signed after he became president back in 2017 was a national law to make it easier for those adjudicated by a court to be mentally ill, make it easier for them to carry guns despite being adjudicated as mentally ill. That's what the Republicans did last time they had uh, control of all of this. So anyway, like I said, not much more to say on it. You know, we'll just do the same show two or three times next week, I'm, I'm sure, as well. In other news, since we last spoke, maybe cheerier news, I don't know. Special Counsel Jack Smith urged the U.S. Supreme Court on Wednesday to let former president Donald Trump's 2020 attempted election theft case proceed to federal trial without further delay. Prosecutors were responding to a Trump team request from earlier in the week asking for a stay on the DC Federal Court of Appeals ruling that the uh, that the case which had been paused pending his pre- this pre-trial appeal should be uh, sent back down to the trial court to restart the trial pending a stay by the Supreme Court. So now Donald Trump is asking for that stay. And uh, Jack Smith is saying uh, there is no reason to give it to him. Five justices on the high court have to agree that Trump is likely to be successful in his appeal in order to grant uh, a stay. They'll need five justices to do Five justices will have to think that, yeah, Donald Trump may win this appeal in order for uh, this uh, stay to be granted. Otherwise, it would not be granted. It should not be granted. By the way, you know, justice is, is the Supreme Court all the time uh, has trouble coming up with five votes to grant a stay when someone's life is on the line in a death penalty case. So we'll see if five justices suddenly decide that Donald Trump is likely to be successful on his appeal in this case, where he is arguing <laughs> that uh, a president has complete and total absolute immunity from any and all crimes he performs while serving as president. He's appealing the ruling against him on that issue, rulings by both the trial court judge and a unanimous bipartisan three-judge panel on the appellate court rejecting his argument that presidents have absolute immunity for any criminal actions they carry out, including ordering the murder of their political opponents, as Trump's attorneys argued a president should be allowed to do is perfectly legal. Trump's attorneys argued that at the appellate court. It did not go over well. It was rejected, but Trump is now seeking a stay on their ruling, rejecting that ridiculous argument in order to allow uh, Trump to appeal to the entire 11-person D.C. Court of Appeals, on bonk, as it is said, and he is asking that the Supremes stay the ruling of the three-judge panel until after that process is complete. But, again, five justices would have to agree to that, and they're only supposed to agree if they believe that the appellant, Donald Trump, in this case is likely to succeed on the merits of the case that the full 11-person D.C. Court of Appeals, 11-judge D.C. Court of Appeals, is likely to agree with him that, yes, presidents are completely immune from all crimes they commit while serving as president. Has absolute immunity. In response, then, to Trump's filing at the high court, Uh, On Monday, Special Counsel Jack Smith, uh, uh, he was given until next Monday to file his response, but he didn't wait. He filed it on Wednesday, just two days after Trump's Monday filing. He asked the judge to either reject Trump's petition for a stay outright, or, if not, to treat it as a petition for cert to actually hear the case, the full case at the high court, Uh, on on presidential immunity so that this matter can uh, be put to bed once and for all and the matter can go back down to the trial court so uh, the trial can continue as soon, well, can start as soon as possible. It would take just four justices, not five, but four to decide to grant cert and to hear this case. That's another way to speed it up rather than having to wait for it to go to the 11-person D.C. Circuit Court, etc., In urging the justices to permit the landmark prosecution case to move forward as quickly as possible, Jack Smith's team argued in their response that there was, quote, a national interest in seeing the crimes alleged in this case resolved promptly. Smith has made clear that the prosecution would like to see the trial and a verdict rendered, no matter what it may be, before this year's election in November. Prosecutors urged the court to reject Trump's petition, Uh, saying uh, that two lower court opinions uh, have already rejected immunity for the former president, quote, and that that underscores how remote the possibility is that this court would agree with his unprecedented legal position. But if the court wants to decide the matter, Smith said, the justices should hear the arguments in March and issue a final ruling by late June. Now, it should be noted here that when this case was originally put on pause at the trial court level when Trump first filed his motion for an interlocutory appeal. That's an appeal that takes place before a trial, uh, arguing that even you know carrying out a trial would be a violation of the rights of the defendant. Uh, when that was put on pause, there were 88 days left on the clock before the previously scheduled trial date that was supposed to begin on March 4. Therefore... When, not if, but when the trial is finally restarted, it is reasonable to assume that Trump's attorneys will seek at least those 88 days to be added back to the clock before the trial will begin. So the potential math here is sort of too complicated for me to figure out uh, what it could or couldn't be. But, you know, some while some are arguing that uh, if the Supreme Court moves quickly here, there still could be time for that trial before this year's election It is now being cut dangerously close. It very well may be, in fact, that Americans will not know if the guy charged with trying to steal the last election is actually guilty of those felonies before they are asked to give him another chance to try and steal the next election, unless everyone starts moving a hell of a lot faster. That said, it doesn't mean we won't have a conviction or an acquittal on his attempt to cheat on his first election, the one back in 2016. Donald Trump's hush money trial, that's the state uh, 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 felony trial in New York, will go ahead as scheduled with jury selection beginning on March 25. A New York state judge ruled on Thursday turning aside uh, demands for delay from the former president's defense lawyers who argued it would interfere with his campaign to retake the White House. (laughs) So the trial about whether he cheated to win uh, during his first run for office by paying hush money to a porn star to keep her quiet about the affair that he had with her just before the 26th election to help him win it and then paid off while he was sitting in the Oval Office as president after winning that election. That trial should have to wait because he's busy running in his third election campaign for that same office. That's what his attorneys argued. And uh, thankfully, were rejected by Judge Juan Manuel Marchon in New York court on Thursday. The decision means that the first of Trump's four criminal prosecutions to proceed to trial will begin next month, barring any further delays that his attorneys dream up. The other three cases charging him with plotting to steal the 2020 election at both the federal and the state level in Georgia and illegally stealing classified documents keeping them at his Florida state, hiding them from prosecutors, refusing to give them back, destroying evidence of that crime. Those are the other cases uh, that we'll be getting to eventually, I guess. But Judge Mershon in New York said he decided to stick with the uh, with the pending trial date on March 25 after speaking last week with the judge in the currently paused Washington trial over the attempted stolen election. That was uh, Judge Tanya Chutkin. So this is uh, coordinated with her. She says, yeah, doesn't look like we're going to need that time after all. You go ahead and take it. The hush money trial is expected to last six weeks, according to Mershon. The hearing to uh, to determine whether Trump's uh, March 25 hush money trial would hold was held in the same Manhattan courtroom where Trump pleaded not guilty last April to the 34 criminal counts that he's charged with in New York for falsifying business records to hide his hush money payments. Quote, we strenuously object to what is happening in this courtroom, said his defense attorney, Todd Blanche, adding that, quote, the fact that we are now going to spend, President Trump is now going to spend The next two months working on this trial instead of out on the campaign trail running for president is something that should not happen in this country, he said. Fill in your own snarky comments (laughs) here.
0: Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of insane.
1: He's also uh, awaiting a decision possibly as early as Friday in a New York civil fraud case that threatens to upend his entire real estate empire. That should be coming momentarily. If the judge rules against Trump there, as expected in the uh, civil case in which he is accused of falsely inflating his wealth to defraud banks, insurers, and others, he could be on the hook for hundreds of millions of dollars in penalties, among other sanctions, including being barred from the New York real estate industry for life. Along with uh, clarifying the trial schedule, Judge Marchand also rejected a request by Trump's lawyers to throw out the case entirely. The hearing was held amid a busy overlapping stretch of legal activity, I'll say, for the Republican presidential frontrunner, who now faces a total of 91 criminal felony counts in both state and federal court, because a separate hearing was unfolding at the very same time in Atlanta on Thursday as a judge considered arguments on whether to toss Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis Off of the state's election interference case because of a personal relationship she had with a special prosecutor that she hired. Now, uh, as we go to air that salacious hearing in Atlanta, uh, actually, the testimony, Fannie Willis was on the stand, a defiant Fannie Willis. She was placed on the witness stand to answer questions about the relationship, which in truth appear to have nothing to do with the charges against Donald Trump and the 18 co-conspirators who are charged with helping him to try and steal the 2020 election in the state of Georgia. But uh, that testimony for now has just ended. It will uh, continue with Fani Willis on the stand again on Friday. And it's being covered pretty much everywhere else. So I, I feel like I can leave that bit of salaciousness to Others for today but Des You were uh, monitoring that today Anything we need to know
0: Um, Basically I think that this boils down to And I am summarizing what Katie Fang of MSNBC Said she said look under Georgia Law uh, Georgia law does not Support disqualification in this case So far based on the evidence that was presented She says Georgia law requires an Actual conflict of interest to exist Not the supposition not an innuendo In other words Willis would have to Have had a personal financial stake in the guilt in the conviction of any of the defendants and fung says no evidence has yet been presented so far that either the affidavit that says that their relationship began their romantic relationship mm-hmm. began after he was appointed to that that position um, so there's no evidence that that uh, affidavit is incorrect and you would have to have actual evidence of a conflict of interest in order to disqualify
1: so even if it was correct Still, even, yeah, even if yeah. he
0: if he did get the dates wrong, it still wouldn't matter because under Georgia law, you have to prove that that Willis, the D, the district attorney, would actually profit in Having some met, way yeah. from the guilt of one of the defendants, and, and this has nothing to do and, with that. And
1: what they're arguing is that they went on trips together. And she paid uh, and, for them. And sh- and no, she- he paid for them. She which... also
0: said that she paid him Correct. back. Correct. Right. So, in other words, there was no financial gain that she got from having a romantic relationship with him, which has now ended.
1: So she claims, at least uh, in her in her testimony on Thursday, and probably again on Friday. Right. So right. there's
0: no evidence that they can tie that would actually get her disqualified. But we'll see how this judge, the uh, Judge McAfee, a Trump-appointed judge, mm-hmm. will actually Not rule Not a Trump-appointed,
1: but a, a Republican-appointed oh, state I'm judge. Sorry. Uh, Brian Kemp-appointed judge. Oh, I'm sorry. Judge. Yes, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, Close, though. Close. Yeah, and, and so we'll see if they present any evidence. So far, none appears to have been presented. Not of yet. Of course, we will uh, circle back. Uh, because, again, it appears to have nothing to do with the charges against Trump and the 18 co-conspirators who are charged along with him uh, in trying to steal the 2020 election in the state of Georgia. So we will uh, see what effect that has on that case. But there's your crime blotter report, apparently, for today (laughs) here on the broadcast. Let's take a quick break, and we will come back and talk about... Something else, really, anything else? At least I hope today. Some breaking news. I'll need to check over the break. What will it all be? Well, you and I both may find out after the break. And Desi Doyen will, one way or another, be here with her latest delicious green <laughs> news report today. Yes. No matter so what that. else happens, I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to the Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to counter the powerful corporate media echo chamber. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the broadcast, Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. We will rock down to Electric Avenue in just a moment. But it looks like apparently I lied when I said that this was the end of the crime blotter version of, of today's broadcast. <laughs> oh, well, uh, because some breaking news that came in while I was uh, uh, talking to you about all of that other crime. And uh Well, uh, I'll share with you AP's version. An FBI informant, an ex-FBI informant, has been charged with lying to his handlers about ties between President Joe Biden, his son Hunter, and a Ukrainian energy company. Alexander Smirnov falsely told FBI agents in June of 2020, so that would be right in the middle of the 2020 election uh, campaign, that executives associated with Ukrainian energy company Burisma paid Hunter Biden and Joe Biden $5 million each in 2015 and 2016, according to prosecutors on Thursday. Smirnov told the FBI that a Burisma executive had claimed to have hired Hunter Biden to, quote, protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems, unquote. That, according to prosecutors in a statement, the allegations, of course, as you may recall, became a flashpoint in the Republican Congress over the summer as Republicans demanded the FBI release the unredacted form documenting the allegations. As they pursued their own investigations of Biden and his family, they acknowledged at the time that it was unclear if the allegations were true, sort of, but they didn't care. Because this is what we've heard over and over again. Oh, they paid millions of dollars to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden from Burisma, this energy company in Ukraine. Apparently, the the source from which they got all this information has now been charged with lying about all of that information. Smirnoff is 43 years old. He was charged with making a false statement and creating a false and fictitious record. Uh, No attorney is immediately listed for him in court uh, records. He was expected to make a first court appearance in Las Vegas where he was arrested at the Harry Reid Airport on Wednesday after arriving from overseas, prosecutors said. The charges were filed by the Justice Department Special Counsel David Weiss who has separately charged Hunter Biden with firearm and tax violations after he had initially uh, struck a deal with Hunter Biden and that all fell apart. And then he charged Hunter Biden. But David Weiss has been investigating this for years, was a special prosecutor, special counsel assigned by Donald Trump to investigate Hunter Biden. Uh, and as you know, only Republicans can be special counsels uh, <laughs> when they're investigating Democrats. And when Republicans are be- being investigated, only Republicans can be special counsels. So in this case, uh, yes, you heard that correct. Uh, in this case, it was David Weiss who has charged this guy with lying. This And this was the whole scam. This was the whole Rudy Giuliani scam. Goes back forever. Uh, that guy who made those claims has now been charged with lying to the FBI about them.
0: But, hey, special counsel David Weiss has gotten, I don't know, five years of employment out of this particular one.
1: And I will tell you this, it's quite amusing. Uh, Fox News, I get a lot of alerts on my iPhone uh, that you know come in from various uh, news outlets, <laughs> Putting quotes around those words because I'm talking about Fox News. But I get a bunch of uh, 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 alerts. Fox News is always first, especially with stories that have to do with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. <laughs> True. And uh, guess what? I'm looking back over the past hour. Uh, AP has this. Uh, Washington Post has this. NBC has this. New York Times has this. Guess who hasn't sent out an iPhone alert Gosh. about that particular story? Gosh, who? That would be Fox News.
0: Hmm, what's up with that, I uh, wonder? strange.
1: Uh, hopefully everybody's okay over there. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, iPhone alerts and stuff, I had actually wanted to bring this story to your attention on Tuesday, but one thing after another after another. When I woke up on Tuesday, there was news out from the Bureau of Labor Statistics on the inflation rate in the month of January. And as I said, I got a bunch of alerts on my iPhone from all kinds of different news apps and so forth. So here's here's a sample along with the reminder that, you know, to most folks, whether it's on social media or via alerts on their mobile phone, most folks will not read the actual story. They will only see the headline for the story. So choosing an accurate headline... Uh, Or the text for, you know, the alert that gets sent out is more important now than ever for our corporate media in our wildly misinformed and often disinformed world. So here's how NBC alerted me on Tuesday morning. Uh, Quote, breaking news, inflation slowed further in January to 3.1% inching even closer to the Fed's goal. Well, that sounds encouraging. The Fed has said that they hope to see inflation go down to around 2% or so, uh, and now it's very, very close, down from the double-digit inflation that we saw after the uh, disruption of the pandemic and its related supply chain chaos and so forth. And by the way, the inflation rate, thanks to President Biden and the Democrats and their broad policies to take on inflation, including in the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, Inflation is much lower in this country than pretty much every other industrialized nation. So Joe Biden must be doing something right when it comes to inflation. Uh, And the news this week about the continuing decrease in inflation, uh, that would seem to bear it out yet again. But then... Another alert right next to NBC's That Morning on My iPhone, this one from the New York Times, quote, breaking news, U.S. consumer prices rose 3.1% in the year through January, cooling less than expected. Well, that doesn't sound good. Same news, different framing from a different mainstream corporate media outlet. See how that works? So who had it right? Is it is it inching Even closer to the Fed's goal for lowering interest rates? Or is it a disappointing cooling less than expected? Well, in truth, it's kind of both. Inflation did cool in January, as NBC described it. It slowed from 3.4% annually the month before to 3.1%. In January on a 12-month basis, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics on Tuesday. So, yeah, it is still coming down, and it is lower than pretty much everywhere else in the world, but it's coming down slower than analysts had predicted, or at least hoped that it would come down in January. So, it's still falling, but it's falling slower over this one past month than analysts predicted, and everyone... Subsequently freaked out about it on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, so basically the analysts got it wrong, and that's what the New York Times went with. The analysts and, got it wrong. The others said basically, hey, this is how much it was.
1: It is cooling. And it is cooling. Right. And it is coming down. Nonetheless, that the misleading reporting on it helped the stock market on Tuesday to just absolutely plummet because they thought, oh, no, now the Fed is never going to uh, uh, lower interest rates. So it plummeted on Tuesday. It bounced right back up to its previous uh, numbers on Wednesday. Uh, Once, I guess, uh, traders had a second to uh, realize what's actually going on. And by the way, it closed higher on Thursday again. So, phew, we avoided bank runs and ruin, despite very unhelpful headlines from the nation's news media. So that, uh, you know, slowing falling but doing so slower uh, than, than some had hoped or predicted that's sort of the inverse of one of the headlines uh, well one of the stories you covered Des on our uh, our recent green news report on Tuesday and that some I'm sure have seen some of our listeners have seen about the sales of electric vehicles that may that you know you may have seen from recent weeks sort of screaming sales of EVs are falling. Well actually uh no they're not. The rate of growth in the sales of EVs has has slowed. Right. But as you reported, EV sales are still booming.
0: Yes. They're 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 going like gangbusters. So all that happened was that in 2023, mm-hmm. the rate in the second half of 2023 yep. dropped a little bit. So instead of going of electric vehicle sales going up 50 and 60% year over year, the rate of growth of sales dropped to just they,
1: 42% over last year. 42% over the previous year, and that's a disaster. EVs will never work out. <laughs> one, one in four new cars in California now are electric vehicles. But it's a disaster. The whole EV thing isn't working out if you follow the terrible news headlines that, that uh, come out out there uh, from real news sources, frankly.
0: And there is some suggestion, depending upon where you look, there does appear to be some suggestion that perhaps some of these stories about, oh, EVs are in trouble, actually might be kind of being pushed by fossil fuel industry interests. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm shocked at this point. (laughs) I can't go on.
0: They would plant
1: stories in the media? What? And so uh, now, sort of combining all of those points about an irresponsible media and about their coverage of EVs and about how they're doing the work of the fossil fuel industries. Well, this brings me to another story that I have been trying to get to, frankly, for months now at this point, and so I'm doing it. Headline, $20,000 hybrid battery replacement shocks Arizona driver. That sounds bad. This story was actually sent to me by my mother, um, Before the holidays, it was, it was published by two different Phoenix uh, so-called news outlets in Arizona, 3TV and CBS 5. Here's how it reads uh, on both of their websites. Quote, when the check engine light went on, Lucas Turner knew he had a problem, but it was worse than he thought. The dealership's diagnosis of his 2014 Infiniti hybrid with less than 70,000 miles on it was unexpected. Quote, They called me and said, oh, I've got bad news, Mr. Turner. You need a new hybrid battery, and it's going to cost $18,000 for the battery and another $2,000 to have it installed. And I'm like, oh, my God, my jaw dropped, Turner said. I almost cried. Well, I can imagine. Turner bought the car only about three years ago for $16,000, and he paid it off. How does it cost $20,000 to put a battery in a car, but you only paid $16,000, he asked. When I bought the car, it came with the battery. It came with wheels. It came with brakes. It came with a body. It came with an engine. But they want $20,000 just for a battery. It makes no sense in my mind, he said. According to NerdWallet, these uh, two Arizona News outlets report the cost to replace a hybrid battery typically ranges from 1,000, uh, ranges between 1,000 and 8,000, depending on the make and the model of the vehicle. Carl Brower, an analyst for IC Cars, said, quote, there's no doubt in my mind that Turner could find a less expensive battery from another source. Now, how many people are, you know, reading down this far into the article, as opposed to those who saw a $20,000 hybrid battery replacement shocks Arizona driver?
0: And then thought, well, God, I'm never getting one of those.
1: Electric and vehicle, electric and hybrid vehicle batteries are warranted for eight years or 100,000 miles. According to Brower. the batteries regularly last much longer than that, however... Quote, it's not uncommon for these batteries to last 15-plus years and 150,000-plus miles, he said. So, yeah, Turner, this guy, Arizona driver, was getting ripped off, it certainly sounds like, uh, by the dealer. The story goes on to say, before you buy a used hybrid, Phoenix 3 TV and CBS 5 helpfully uh, warn here, get the battery checked. Quote, that should be part of the pre-purchase inspection, which you should always do when you're buying a used car, no matter what kind of car it is. Brower said, good advice, that is. Uh, So uh, said Turner, quote, so $20,000 or a pile of scrap metal in my driveway. On your side has reached out to infinity. I guess that's what they call their little investigative unit. Yes. On your side has reached out to infinity. And uh, then he was apparently offered a 50% discount on the battery replacement uh, after they got involved. Still, the company has not responded to on-your-sides questions about their hybrid battery's typical lifespan or the replacement costs. So, uh, anyway, that sounds bad. Uh, But, you know, that's the whole story. I got this article before the end of the year because my mother sent it to me in a panic. She recently purchased a really nice, brand-new Prius Prime hybrid vehicle. It's a plug-in hybrid. But obviously, this guy, this Lucas Turner, was getting ripped off by the dealer in Phoenix, which the stations, uh, pretending to be on the side of the consumers, that would be 3TV and CBS 5 in Phoenix, the dealer, they didn't even bother to identify them in their report. And if they're supposed to be a consumer watchdog, you would, th- and they're talking about how this, uh, whoever this dealership is, who said, Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Turner, it's going to cost you $20,000, which is, uh, I don't know, about $15,000 more than it should have cost. You would think that on your side, would have told us who this dealer is
0: especially after the dealership apparently said sure we'll give it to you for 10,000 which is still far more than it should be and yet they still would not identify the dealer the that dealership. was doing this price yeah, gouging
1: a- after infinity said well we'll get, we'll give it to you for half that but yeah they never identified who this was and at the bottom of the story they have an email address to contact them so i wrote them <laughs> even identified myself as, you know, uh, who I was and that we're a news outlet to say uh, to 3TV and CBS 5, this guy was obviously being ripped off by the dealer who quoted him $20,000 for a new hybrid battery. You even quote a source suggesting as much. Why aren't you citing the ripoff artist dealer to warn Arizonians about them rather than doing PR work for the fossil fuel industry in your report. Brad Friedman, Bradblog.com, host of the broadcast on Pacifica Radio, et cetera, et cetera. You will be shocked to learn. Do you know what they said in response?
0: What did they say? Nothing.
1: <laughs> Never even responded. Never heard back from them. They're a news outlet. Let me tell you what. News outlets, little uh, little uh, poorly kept secret in the industry. News outlets hate being queried by news outlets. They want to query everyone else. They insist that everyone else answers their questions, and they should. But when they're asked a question about their reporting, uh, we'd rather not. uh, No comment, Mr. Friedman. They didn't even say no comment, Mr. Friedman. They just didn't respond.
0: Pretended they didn't receive the email. Which
1: is insane. You know, why wouldn't they identify the dealership? So people could know not to be ripped off by them. Well, one of the answers is they are probably uh, hoping to get ads from that dealership on their uh, local news website, and they don't want to alienate them and call them out. That's how this kind of thing works. That's why we don't take advertisements. That's why we count on you to help us stay on your public airwaves. Thank you. For your donation, donations. But is it any wonder that people are frightened to purchase electric vehicles when this is the kind of crap, this is the kind of reporting that is coming at them from so-called trusted local news sources? And study after study over years have shown that you know people's local news sources are the ones they trust the most. Yeah. And here's Phoenix, 3TV, CBS 5. Just misleading them about electric vehicles and how much hybrid batteries cost and at least uh, who it is who is trying to rip them off when it comes to EVs and EV batteries. Anyway, been trying to get to that for a couple of months at this point. Wanted to let you know, <laughs> now I have done it. Now we move on. But on a similar topic... Let's take a break and we will come back. I think you've got some EV related stories in today's Green News report. I think so. That's you do. That's straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Oh, the world is melting. That's very bad news for, uh, well, for a lot of people. (laughs) Yes. As discussed in our latest Green News Report. We don't know who it belongs to. We have no idea where it came from.
0: And we also don't know all that it contains. Mysterious oil spill triggers national emergency in Trinidad and Tobago. Climate experts are sounding the alarm over a troubling new report showing Greenland is getting greener. Big changes underway as Greenland warms. Plus,
1: cocoa beans are a hot commodity right now. In fact, they've never been more expensive.
0: Climate change has come for your chocolate.
1: But not in time for Valentine's Day. All of those stories and more straight ahead from brandblog.com I'm Brad Friedman.
0: And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand
1: by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment.
0: This is some terrible news because I just learned that climate change is actually threatening cocoa production, which means less chocolate for
1: people who love it like me, and that changes everything. Oh, so now you give a damn, eh, lady? Whatever it takes. This is your Green News Report. Okay, does he if they didn't care about climate change coming for their beer or their coffee? Maybe they'll start giving a damn now that it's threatening their chocolate. I hope so. I guess you do. What else do you have for us today, Des?
0: Well, first, very sad news. A national emergency has been declared in the Caribbean island nation of Trinidad and Tobago after an abandoned, capsized barge grounded on a coral reef and ruptured, dumping massive amounts of oil. Crews are working round the clock to clean up and contain the nearly eight-mile-long spill that has fouled the island island's pristine beaches at the height of its tourism season. Mm. As we go to air, the Prime Minister says it is still unclear who owns the vessel, how much oil has spilled, and how much still remains in the barge.
1: They have no idea where this ship came from? It just washed up and spilled?
0: They have an idea about where the ship came from, but its ownership is still unclear. It was being towed from one island to the next, but then it was abandoned somehow at some point. Wow. Wow. Two major studies this week focus on Greenland and the consequences of its accelerating ice melt due to global warming. The first study projects that so much fresh water is flowing from Greenland into the Atlantic Ocean that it could hit a tipping point earlier than expected that would weaken or shut down a critical system of ocean currents that redistribute heat from the tropics to the poles. The researchers say it is not clear when that might occur. Occur, but a shutdown would severely disrupt the global climate.
1: That sounds even worse than expensive chocolate.
0: The second study finds that Greenland is getting greener. Satellite data show significant areas of Greenland now have vegetation where ice has disappeared as the planet warms due to human activities. Since the 1980s, 11,000 square miles of Greenland's ice sheet and glaciers have melted, but nearly three times that area has been replaced by barren rock, shrubs and methane-producing wetlands. The ecosystem shift is also altering the Flow of nutrients into coastal waters affecting marine life and contributing to rising sea levels. In other news, if Valentine's Day chocolate seemed extra expensive this year, you're not wrong. Mm. Man-made climate change has come for chocolate, hitting hard in West Africa, which produces 60% of the world's cocoa, the key ingredient in chocolate. Cocoa plants require very specific growing conditions, but extreme heat and drought have hammered cocoa yields for the last three years, reducing supply and sending prices soaring to new record highs. Thanks, Joe Biden. Wildfires are reversing hard-won gains against air pollution across the U.S. A new study by nonprofit First Street finds that air quality has been declining since 2016 due to man-made global warming. Rising temperatures have boosted levels of dangerous ozone in the air, and increasing heat and drought is worsening wildfires, causing smoke to reach more areas of the United States. The new study details how and where air pollution from wildfires. Will increase over the next 25 years, exposing about half of all Americans to unhealthy levels of air pollution, raising the risk of heart and lung disease.
1: What else you got for us? Chuckles?
0: Well, some better news. Walmart, the nation's largest retailer, is addressing the lack of electric vehicle charging stations. Late last week, the retail giant announced it is expanding its fledgling EV fast charger network at nearly a thousand new and existing stores across the U.S. over the next few years. Ninety percent of the U.S. population lives within 10 miles of a Walmart. And finally, beloved science communicator Bill Nye on CNN recently offered some hope on climate change in the form of action.
1: If you want to do something about it, two things I tell everybody. Talk about it. And then the thing to do about it really is to vote. We have people running for president in the world's most influential country who won't even talk about climate change, let alone Talk about what they're going to do about it. Yeah, well, wait till they can't afford chocolate. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman, and I'm Desi Doyan, and this has been your Green News Report.
0: Want to change the world?
1: There's nothing to it. Nothing to it. <laughs> All you got to do is vote.
0: True, it's true, it's true. Uh,
1: that was the answer to the top of the show and uh, the latest school shootings is the answer to our, what is it, the climate change? <laughs> it's yes. always the
0: answer. It is a running theme, yes.
1: And that's why we fight like hell to help you do it. All right, got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Des Toy and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's delicious program, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. A service made possible by those of you kind enough to uh, stop by Bradblog.com slash donate to help us stay on your public airwaves. Drop me an email if you like. I would love to hear from you. I'm Bradcast at Bradblog.com, and you'll find me on the social medias at the Brad Blog. We will see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. If you want a view, paradise. Simply look around and view it, anything you want to do it,
0: want to change the world,
1: there's nothing
0: to it.